I always think that we have the number, which meeting it is in the fiscal year, but we don't on the agenda. So I'll just say we're going to open the December 12th meeting of the Master Plan Implementation Committee and go right to the agenda. Um, the next meeting date of January 23rd falls on the third Monday of the month, but we look at February and we have a holiday. So we need to see, um, we have President's Day on the 20th, which would be the third Monday. So we could do either before or after that on a Monday or switch to a different day. Does, um, do folks have a preference? Not me. No. Okay. Cheryl? Yes. It Thank you. It depends what which Tuesday it is um, for select board. And Monday, um, this one Monday in February, I think it's, believe it's the 27th, that there might be a town meeting. Ah, okay. So why don't we go for February 13th? 13. Does that work? Well, they're also floating that around too as a potential date. All right. Well, let's <laughs> we'll, to... we'll just pencil that one in. Oh, placeholder. Okay. Sure. Placeholder. Yeah. Thank you. And if we have to change it, we'll change it. Thanks, Roxanne. Thanks. Okay. Um, we'll wait for March. Um, then we'll now move to the meeting minutes uh, for the November 12th meeting. Everyone have a chance to review those? Yes. Any yeah. edits? So right at the very end, it says Cheryl Tagayas will share the progress of the MPIC to the select board on 1015. Ah, it wasn't was that a holdover? Was it? <laughs> uh, let's see, what date was that? Um, that must have been a holdover. It was just after this meeting, so. I think it was 1115, perhaps. Okay. That would be a Tuesday, so that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so um, Tabor, do you want to make a motion? To so can I, I'd like to make a motion that, that we make that change and then I'll, uh, if that's acceptable to everyone else. Uh, Second. I'd propose that we accept these minutes as otherwise written. Second. Okay. All those in favor, Tabor Keeley? Aye. Roxanne Musto? Yes. Regina Campbell Malone? Yes. Elaine Benson? Yes. Dick Burke? Yes. Warren Lizio? Yes. And the chair, Cheryl Tagayas, yes. Mm -hmm. We have more names to go through now. All right, thanks everyone. Um, we'll go right to a staff update with Josh. All righty, thanks, Cheryl. Um, so my staff update is uh, focused on the uh, parking management studies that we've been talking about the last few weeks and the last few months um, with regards to town center and the library. Um, at your last meeting, you approved uh, financing half of the contract with Bowler Engineering to do uh, a survey uh, down on the other side of Canton Ave uh, near the library. Um, it was a little bit slow to be uh, sorted out administratively in town hall because our town administrator um, welcomed his second son into uh, the world on Friday last. So um, we're a little uh, jumbled about with that, um, but 
uh, that is going to be signed by the end of the week. And the intention is to start the kickoff um, at some point next week for Bowler's uh, survey work. We also um, be engineering DPW and planning department um, department heads, uh, that being Marin Fernandez from engineering, as well as uh, Tim Zerwinski in planning and, and Chase uh, Berkeley at DPW, uh, sent a letter to the town administrator um, last week, last Tuesday, um, about the staff recommendations uh, regarding planning um, and parking in that uh, area. Um, they encouraged the town administrator to um, engage beta group to do the phase one study as was described in the scope of work that um, you all saw last month. Um, the staff uh, agreed that that is an appropriate uh, scope of work um, and uh, recommended the town administrator take it up. Uh, they also proposed that um, Town staff can in-house do a qualitative research on parking demand at both town center and at the library, um, primarily through uh, interviews, um, some parking analysis over the course of a day, um, and meeting with other town center stakeholders to figure out the sort of uh, demand for parking at town center at various times of day and how the existing town center parking can be best leveraged for the library. Um, this is something that engineering and planning um, have the staff capacity to do and intend to do over the next few months um, as we wait for the fire headquarters construction to be completed. Um, obviously, we, we can't get any accurate data until this uh, huge new capital project is completed. So, so this is our, our hope to sort of do some stopgap research um, before we get an accurate sense of what our parking capacity and demand is um, in 2023. Um, I'll talk a bit about the bike head master plan later, but those were the two big updates uh, I wanted to pass along. So, uh, Josh, on the on that beta work, you need to make sure that um, you coordinate the timing of that work with the library, so you understand that they're what their schedule is, you know, so that you're not hitting it at their low demand time, right? No, so yeah, we we've been. Will on that. Yeah, Will has been uh, very much in the loop. It's more with okay. Will and his team rather than with the trustees, um, as the Bowler project um, was more between you all and the trustees. But yeah, it's very much um, tied in with the, what we know and what the data that the library can provide is. Okay. Any questions for Josh, folks? All right, then we're gonna move into the final draft or it's the final version of the bicycle pedestrian master plan, which um, I did review. Tim did um, say to me that it's uh, generally what we reviewed in uh, with the um, MAPC last summer when they presented their uh, draft version. I'm gonna do a screen share and pull it up. Oh, um, Josh, can you enable me to screen share, please? Yep, you should have the permissions now. Okay, thank you. Okay, everybody see that? Okay, so what I, um, Josh, did Tim speak with you this morning about giving um, a little bit of a briefing on what the department hopes uh, to do with this plan and what their hope is for our action on this plan? 
Yeah, yeah, uh, he did. So what our intention is, um, after we've we've done a sort of a walkthrough of what the plan details are, though, though I'm sure you've all read it, um, is um, for once once it's reviewed, uh, MPEC will uh, recommend that the select board adopt this as the town's bicycle and pedestrian master plan. Uh, by being, I know that sounds pretty sort of uh, redundant, but by being formally adopted, um, it will allow staff to have a concrete policy that we can look towards and a mandate uh, for work, um, and is is also required for us to uh, leverage uh, certain grant opportunities, um, especially at the DPW level, to do some of the important uh, uh, bike lane sort of improvements. So, mm -hmm. so having this formally adopted by the select board will help us um, implement uh, the, the vision of this master plan. Okay, on, before we start going through it, does anybody have any questions about that? All right, no? All right, so we'll... I do, sorry, excuse me. Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, I saw that a lot of other committees are involved in, in this process as well. They were stated on a few pages into the plan. Like, how, do the, how does their impact uh, affect the select board's um, decision? Uh, they certainly contribute. The more committees that um, recommend select board take this up, the better. Um, so I, I think the master plan implementation committee in particular uh, carries a lot of weight on this front as there are specific elements in the master plan um, that are tied to improving and maintaining transportation facilities across modes as well as specifically improving uh, pedestrian and bicyclist transportation. So the recommendation from this committee will be particularly impactful, I think. One thing I should mention uh, too, especially for newer members, um, is that this study was partially funded by this committee. Um, and uh, it's had been on our radar screen and sort of to-do list for a very long time. And it finally um, did come to fruition. And um, in a bit, I'll ask Lee Toma um, if he'd like to speak, because Lee was one who came to our meetings frequently and asked us if we would help um, move along this. It's something that the Bicycle Advisory Committee had been um, see, uh, seeking to have done for some time. I see right now, though, that Regina has her hand raised. Regina, did you have a question? Yeah, yeah, I just have a process question in terms of um, what, uh, have, what um, involvement does the planning board have Terms of recommending this uh, to the select board, or how, how does how does their jurisdiction jurisdiction work on this? Planning board, I don't believe has um, been involved in this. One thing I was I spoke to Tim about when I spoke to him earlier today was that uh, the planning board has rules and regulations, and in those rules and regs, there's requirements for sidewalks. Um, and um, in project review, oftentimes developers ask for those to be waived. Uh, at least the, right now our rules and regs require sidewalks on both sides of the road. Oftentimes we were asked to uh, waive one and keep one side, but we've been asked to waive it on both sides as well because some roads are, are, um, are very short. But that aspect, that's pretty much the aspect that I can think of related to the planning board. Um, the 
Traffic Commission is probably one that will get involved with some of these recommendations requiring some further study, some pilot programs, we can get into that. Um, and some things, you know, are fairly, um, what I would call maybe considered mundane, but really important. Some things that are recommended, like maintain the network that we have in a better way than it's been maintained. You know, so sidewalks, for example, aren't well maintained, I think. Um, so um, the implementation really will fall under the select board and the town administrator. Um, but because there's, I do plan to go through a number of the um, master plan strategies that reference improvements to the bicycle and pedestrian network. So it's very much tied to the plan, which is why we got involved in it um, to begin with. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, any other questions? Okay. Um, so the, uh, I don't, I, I'm not planning to go through at the level of detail that MAPC did when they uh, presented this in the summer. And if anyone is interested in that presentation, I think Josh can locate it and send a link out to it. Um, That's a recording. Yeah, it's a recording, right. And if anybody from the public is interested in that and wants to, um, to find that um, or to have Josh send a link for them, um, his email um, is pretty simple, jlee at townmilton.org. Yeah, All right, very so, accessible on the town website too. Okay. So, um, and I, I don't want to go through so much of the verbiage, but some of what was done um, and some of what guided this had to do with a public forum and a public survey, and then also work, um, I think, with the uh, town departments. And so um, what was widely recognized is that there are gaps in our system and our gaps in our network so that, um, and then the other thing widely recognized is safety um, and lack of safety uh, inhibiting people in using some of the network that we do have. And so um, taking a look at um, whether all parts of town are, are and therefore um, folks of different uh, backgrounds are all being served by the network as well. So. Um, I think all of that is um, addressed in this um, report. So this kind of highlights some of what I just mentioned. Um, there's been other planning work that's been done, the Complete Streets Program, which was adopted and which is falls under the Department of Public Works. Uh, they apply for grants and some projects that they've uh, completed using funds from the grant program are listed in this um, report, as you can see here. And then the, um, the local rapid recovery plan uh, that the planning department was involved with um, also uh, was referenced and, and reviewed in preparation of this report. And then MAPC themselves have been working um, in other communities on been looking to connect communities and connect communities to uh, each other and to recreational uh, and green space like the Blue Hills. And so, uh, and 
obviously we're all familiar with the Greenway, the Neponset River Greenway, and, and that path and the, and the history that that path has. Uh, but there's some extensions to that. Uh, so some of what's in here involves the state and some of it, of it involves other communities. Um, so it's um, comprehensive in that way. And implementation would be beyond um, purely Milton's uh, purview. So they, um, and this is some of what I was just referring to. You can see it's more than just uh, Milton here because it's showing this interconnection uh, to go uh, through Milton, but also to get to Quincy, to get to Hyde Park in one direction, uh, up into Boston, to Mattapan in another direction, and then across town. So there's places where it exists, places where there's gaps, and that's highlighted here. You can see this photo, I believe this is along the Pine Tree Brook, and that's one of the places that uh, was identified in this plan for improvement. So uh, they include some data about how people uh, travel uh, to get to work. We can see it in Milton, the majority is people who drive in a vehicle alone. And some of this also ties into what uh, sustainability and climate change initiatives that the planning department is beginning to work on, the town's working on. And uh, the more that we can um, encourage uh, less of that drive alone in a vehicle, uh, that would help in our uh, emissions. And then uh, they, this is a roadway functional classification. So, um, you know, we all know about people um, using Milton to get into Boston or, or to a point south of uh, Boston. And uh, there's several roadways which receive a lot of traffic, people traversing the, the town. And then uh, others which are, um, uh, so those state roadways are amongst the higher traffic volumes and um, higher speeds which addresses um, and, and less pedestrian and bicycle safety on those roadways. And we have, the state's already done two reports for Route 138 and Route 28, and um, implementation of some of those recommendations would include um, um, bike lanes and pedestrian improvements. So um, the, the committees um, mentioned the Bicycle Advisory Committee, we'll hear from Lee. And as uh, Warren noted, other committees are um, identified here as being um, relevant. And I, I understand that um, departments, other departments are reviewing this plan as well, and we'll be getting their feedback into um, the, the select board. I'm not sure the, the direct, they'll be directly or through the planning department or town administrator, but it'll, it will get to the select board as well. It will, yes. We've got engineering and DPW, um, as, as well as our department, doing um, our own sort of internal reviews and, and have submitted feedback throughout the duration of the project, not just um, at this final hurdle. Okay, thanks, Josh. Um, you can see that um, in the areas in green where there's sidewalks on both sides of the road and yellow on one side and red with no sidewalks. Um, and uh, some of that is unlikely to change. Some of that might change um, with some of the 
as road work gets done and complete streets get implemented and other improvements um, are contemplated. Existing uh, bicycle infrastructure. Um, I think some people are familiar with um, the roads that have a dedicated uh, lane, um, some that are striped to share. And um, Milton has a policy, this doesn't actually mention it, but it has a policy of no bicycles on sidewalks. But I think it's not widely enforced because some roadways I think are, you wouldn't, you wanna, there's, um, you know, safe ways to schools. I'm, that's not the title of it, but the, the exact title of it. Um, safe routes to school. That's it, thanks. Um, the uh, getting youth to ride their bikes and walk to school, you know, in some in some places, the best and safest way to do that is on sidewalk. But with some of these improvements, uh, that may not be necessary any longer. So the, uh, I mentioned the complete streets program and the deep, uh, Department of Public Works is continuing to work on that. Um, there's a, a list of projects and that's at the end of, of this report, that list, which was uh, developed, it has a prioritization and that's what, how the DPW is implementing that. And their goal to a DPW is anytime any roadway work is done is to make improvements um, to the sidewalks and to look at the opportunity for bicycle uh, improvements as well, right, Josh? It, exactly that, and that was one of the key recommendations from this report. Which, which I can I can go into some of those uh, more granular details if if folks want later. Um, but I also see that uh, Dick has his hand raised. Dick, Charles, Charles, could you back it up just a little bit in terms mm -hmm. of the relationship between sidewalks and this bicycle plan? Um, I'm getting a little confused. The town, if the town has a regulation against um, bicycle traffic on sidewalks, um, but obviously we're saying at the same, the same sentence that that's probably the safest way for bicycles and kids to. Well, that was that was my anecdote, but that's not in the report. No. The, what's in the report is uh, improvements, so that you won't you have safety improvements. Well, safety will be improved if you make um, the sidewalk network and the bicycle network better. And I mentioned the sidewalks and having kids on them now because as an example of how we need to address it, I didn't make it that clear. It's not something that's being recommended. And it- um, What's not being, that, that, that people use the sidewalks? Right. Right, yeah. so, so, if, so what, how do we, how do we make it so that people don't use the sidewalks? We develop bike lanes mm -hmm. that are protected. Bike lanes. All right, that's and, nice. Yeah. Because it really, really gets down to the whole safety aspect of this. And I don't want to take up too much time with this, but I look at sort of bicycling as, you know, two buckets. One is recreational. We have options of going up certain streets because you're just going for a ride. Another one is transportational where you're trying to get from point A to point B. So I think that as we put this plan together or this policy together, we have to think about how to get someone from, I don't know, from uh, Pierce to East Milton Square or um, to the MBTA safely without going on the sidewalks. And I'm not quite so sure in some areas how we put bike lanes 
and actually make it accessible. The the report does detail some of those as we get down to particularly the Milton Greenway proposal. That's uh, an east-west trail on exactly where we would put um, new greenways or new protected bike lanes, um, how we would adopt uh, a road diet transitioning from say four lanes to three lanes and, and turning that extra space into a protected line. Um, so that's all detailed in the report and will be part of um, the sort of regular maintenance schedule at DPW. So that's not um, its own discrete project that um, is more easily put on a back burner. Okay. So Dick, I think there's some recommendations here for some further analysis and some pilot uh, initiatives. So like they did on Brook Road were to mm -hmm. do something on a sort of a temporary basis to test it out and then move to something more permanent. So those are some of the recommendations in here on some of the more complex areas. Right, but I'm just thinking just anecdotally, you know, the bike lane on Brook Road ends at Governor's Road. Then where do you go? With the sidewalk, you go up Governor's Road, you're trying to get to East Milton Square. How do you where do you put this bike lane? Yeah, so part of it would be uh, along the rail corridor east of Granite Ave, um, out the sort of north side of President's Golf Course. Uh, that would need to be a joint project with yeah, I, uh, I, I, Quincy. I, I get that, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just thinking in, in terms of where, where people, where, if we're trying to make this people taking bicycles to release traffic congestion, uh, environmental issues, and things like that, we have to really kind of figure this thing out and get a little granular in terms of how does how do we make this thing work so it's safe. For people to go to where they want to go besides just on a recreational basis right yeah i mean i think that's actually quite clearly detailed when we get to okay. each of the greenways um that mapc has recommended um they explicitly show where we have existing rails um and existing sort of uh infrastructure as well as which roads have the capacity for change whether that's um a new greenway on a, on a rail line whether it's a protected lane um, or it's a shared street in the case of Brush Hill Road. So, so they do get that granular as we go further on in the presentation. All right, we'll see. All right, thanks. Okay, um, I mentioned the Safe Routes to School um, program, which the um, school committee um, participates in through their subcommittee. And there have been improvements made um, over the years at intersections close to the schools. And I'm sure they'll continue to work on um, grant opportunities for those. Um, and connecting the schools was one of, I believe, one of the recommendations in here. This map shows the location of both the public and the private schools in town. Um, there's data about um, vehicle uh, crashes with uh, pedestrians and bicyclists, as shown here. We all, I think, are aware of some of those, but, and you can see that there's a relationship between the kinds of roadways that we looked at earlier and um, these crashes. So it's the higher speed, higher volume, wider roads. And then um, bicycle pedestrian crashes, um, which are not related to a motor vehicle. I understand what this is highlighting. Yeah, that's that's precisely um, we we were showing this sort of broader impact data, but this is specifically um, uh, involving bicycles and pedestrians. Uh, 
So yeah, non not motorists. So in terms of what you were just asking about, Dick, the connections to transit, that's definitely one of the things that is um, recommended by MAPC in this report. Um, one of the things I think I mentioned at a prior meeting was this um, in addressing this paragraph at the end here, which is once you get to those transit stations, are there places to securely park a bike? And so we do want to make sure that we, um, I think that's something that is not consistent across the stations that serve Milton. So we want to see if we can advocate with the MBTA to, to have that be provided. Yeah, as part of the Mattapan line transformation project, which is the MBTA's sort of uh, broader multi-year master planning effort on, on this front, uh, almost every station I believe has has proposals for, for bike racks um, of various levels of intensity. Uh, but sorry, Tabor, you have your hand up. Um, just, I don't wanna interrupt this part, but just to go back to the school issue, the um, Curry College isn't listed on there and it may not be a, uh, I mean, I assume most, almost every student would be able to drive, but I think that's not the point. So it seems like it ought to be listed as another school because certainly the student population there outnumbers the rest of the schools combined just about. Yeah, that's certainly a, a very good point, Tabor. I think um, this map is particularly relevant for safe routes to school, which um, doesn't include um, college age and, and college okay. co courses, but um, the Milton Greenway, which is the sort of main east-west uh, corridor that is proposed in this plan, uh, directly connects between uh, from Quincy to Reedville and, and includes Milton Academy and uh, Curry College. Okay. So it's certainly Thanks. not ignored. Um, the opportunity for bike share. So there's, um, we've talked about, or Milton has talked about that. I don't know if this committee has, um, whether that could be, um, right now it's at the perimeter of Milton in Boston. I believe Quincy has um, a separate program different than Boston's. Um, so whether, um, that's something that could be added to Milton so that people could get from, let's say, East Milton Square to the trolley and be able to, to leave the bicycle at one place or another. And so um, that's something where it's recommended here that um, municipal staff should be in contact with MAPC to find out about that. I think there has been some research into that. Josh, I don't know if, if Tim was involved in that or- Yeah. Um, there hasn't been a lot in in the recent uh, the last uh, three or four months, um, but we did some analysis um, before my time about blue bike potentials, as well as um, when I joined um, potentials for docking stations uh, related to uh, the uh, Lime and Bird uh, e-scooters, um, the stand-up uh, scooters that also have a rideshare program. Um, Brookline did a pilot with them, um, and uh, they're they're trying to roll out across the state. So we've we've explored other um, micro mobility projects, including blue bikes. Um, and uh, again, I, I don't I don't want to harp on it, but that that Mattapan line transformation also has some tie-ins with the blue bike program. So that may um, be a part of the 
potential upgrades as they review Milton Station, Caveman Street, Valley Road, and the like. Okay. And this shows the map of where the stations are that are in the Boston side, the blue bikes. Doesn't show Quincy. The uh, survey that I mentioned earlier, they uh, highlighted some of the results of that survey, um, full summary of responses in the appendix. Um, I think some of these things are probably um, well known to folks, but um, intersections are, are very challenging with multiple roads coming together and they're wide roads. Maintenance, as I mentioned before, um, the lack of accessibility uh, for um, many sidewalks and um, and that affects not just people with disabilities, but seniors and um, and families where uh, pushing strollers, et cetera. And then um, the, um, what would people like to be able to do if they had better access to this would be um, both recreational and transportation. And that's both for pedestrians and cyclists. And then the forum that was held um, last spring and um, that yielded some people who are uh, who use their bicycles for transportation, um, who participated pretty heavily in that and, and talked about some of this connectivity. Um, um, and so there's some other things that are similar to the survey uh, that came out of that. Um, but also what came up was um, safety of cyclists related in relationship to parked vehicles on the road. So that was something um, I think that Brook Road probably raised that issue in terms of the location of the bike lane. So the, that's where the pilot program, um, testing it out before a more final implementation was thought to be important. So the key components of their recommendations. Uh, the Greenway that um, Josh was mentioning between Quincy and East Milton Square. Um, Josh, I'll let you go through the components of that. Yeah, thanks. We, we can stay on this, this map and I can walk through the various um, recommendations. If, that, if people can see that map clearly, that, that'll probably be the best uh, way for us to walk through it. So um, yeah, as, as um, Cheryl says, the, the first and, and the sort of largest uh, recommendation from the MAPC is this proposed Milton Greenway. Um, so it'll start um, on the Quincy side uh, towards East Milton Square um, and then, then head westbound towards Reedville um, with intentional connections through uh, Milton Academy, Ferg College, Turner Park, as well as uh, the river. So it's uh, largely uh, and, and very importantly on uh, roadways or parks um, that are uh, town owned. Um, we don't have to be um, you know, looking to MassDOT or DCR um, for a large part of this to, to be the implementers, we can implement this um, as a town, which is really valuable um, for getting this done swiftly and, and, and for us um, being accountable um, on this front. Uh, the only exceptions to this are on Granite Ave, 
um, and a section of uh, squanum that are technically mass mass dot. Um, and and the screenway crosses briefly on uh, Blue Hills Parkway. So so there are some state elements, but by and large, this is uh, town owned, uh, town controlled. So so we should be able to do this um, very very sort of significantly through our, our town DPW, which is um, very good. So the first section of this on, on the east side is to restore the rail corridor uh, to the east of Grand Ave um, on the sort of north edge of President's Golf Course. Um, this would have to be a um, sort of in conjunction with the city of Quincy, but they have been very supportive of uh, bike projects in the past. Um, we have a very good working relationship with their planning department. So we feel confident that this um, this rail corridor could be a very um, achievable section of the trail. As we go down, um, they also proposed a road diet along Granite Ave um, down to three lanes uh, with a bike lane that is protected uh, down from four. Um, then they get to Squanum. Uh, Squanum is wide enough um, for us to install protected bike lanes without needing to widen the street any further. Um, and so the proposal is to have um, protected um, separated bike lanes between Granite Ave and Adams. Um, then as you continue down Brook Road, um, as, as was talked uh, by Cheryl earlier, there have been a pilot project that we've been working on um, over the last two years um, to reduce the number of travel lanes and provide both bike lanes and parking. Uh, the feedback we've gotten from that pilot study has been that there's still been um, relatively incomplete signage and wayfinding for folks. Um, the clarity of these new changes hasn't been fully sort of uh, provided. Um, so the proposal is to wind the sidewalk on the north side of Brook Road um, into a shared use path um, between Center Street and Canton Ave. So Dick, you, you said earlier about the sort of, uh, we don't want people riding on sidewalks. Um, these shared use paths would be um, co-utilized by pedestrians and bicyclists, um, much like how uh, people walk and roll on the Neponset Greenway. Um, but this would not be a sidewalk, this would be this, this shared use path. Um, and that, that would um, likely uh, extend uh, uh, into a shared use path along uh, Pine Freight Brook between Book Road and Pope's Pond. Um, there's already um, some limited sort of accessibility along Pine Tree Brook, um, but um, their recommendation is for us to do a more concrete feasibility study, uh, particularly given some of the additional sort of wetlands and conservation um, concerns there. Um, so that's that's a study uh, rather than uh, an immediate uh, sort of plan for a path. Finally, um, they propose uh, turning Brush Hill Road from a car-centric roadway into a shared street um, with uh, the addition of dash uh, shoulders and the removal of uh, the center line on the street so that it is um, friendlier to bicyclists and pedestrians um, without changing the width um, and, and uh, effectively slowing the average speed. Uh, so there's a lot of locations. That's the, the sort of big proposal for the east-west uh, Milton Greenway. Uh, they also propose, um, actually, I'll, I'll stop there uh, if, if folks have questions on that um, specific section of the trail. 
Great. Oh, no. Tabor. Um, so I, I think one of the questions, and this isn't necessarily specific to the trail itself, but the emphasis on making sure that uh, DPW could do this without permission from, uh, you know, Quincy or DCR, or Boston, or, et cetera, or DOT. Um, and, I, and I think it's just, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised. It's almost exactly the same thing that I heard uh, that uh, Roxanne and I were at a, uh, a walkthrough uh, uh, along with Lee uh, for, with the DCR on, a, on their proposal to go from uh, their bike path to get to the top of Blue Hill. And a couple of possible routes that included Milton property uh, were automatically discounted by DCR because they didn't want to have to ask permission from Milton. That would be just too cumbersome to do. Um, and I don't know if I'm speaking, uh, if I'm misremembering this, but if uh, Lee or Roxanne have uh, any other ideas on it, it, it I'd like to hear it because it just, I'm, I'm thinking that uh, and we need to coordinate with Quincy, with Boston, DOT, um, DCR as much as possible. And I understand jumping on the low hanging fruit of letting the DPW do whatever they can without, but um, you know, it's just, uh, I, I think there's there's too much, DCR has too much property here to try to avoid it. It seems like it's really something that needs to be, at least the opportunity needs to be given. The trail needs to dead end at a DCR site and then let DCR fall on their face. But uh, I think we need to make sure we make every effort to coordinate that because otherwise, um, you know, we're not going to have a, uh, a complete plan here. No, absolutely. And, and the, the, um, sort of focus on what we can do um, within the town of Milton sort of staff capacity um, is is more about sort of accountability and um, the capacity for short-term action, not about a sort of desire to shark collaboration. Um, we we are in a lot of meetings all the time with ACR um, and, and we'll be collaborating with them. Okay, thanks, Josh. We'll go here next. Yeah. Unless, um, I'm sorry, so Mark, I won't, yeah. Sorry, Roxanne has her hand up. That background, Roxanne, was hard for me to see it, but I did catch it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so yes, I was on the walk with uh, Lee and Tabor as well. A couple of things that I wanted to bring up was one that um, any of these changes that are on specific roads in town, I feel like you need to also talk with the neighbors that are in that area, neighborhoods. You're talking about one of the things you mentioned a minute ago was taking out a central line in the street, that's pretty significant. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, that's certainly something that I would hope that the residents would have some say on and some input on. Um, as far as the other plans with these connections, we did find out when we were on this type of walk that there are varying opinions and, um, you know, we don't live in a bubble where it's just, you know, our street and Milton there are other people that are affected via these changes. And what you do on one street uh, can negatively affect others. And so I think that um, what we learned, at least I took away from that meeting was that there needs to be more dialogue and there needs to be a public meeting. I think that's what came out of that was that there needs to be a, a public meeting for residents with the DCR on some of these other um, aspects of change that they want to do. But again, on the Milton streets, I think that you also have to um, let the residents that live on those streets have some say and some input because you know taking out a central line in any street is a little significant, I would say. So thank you. Yeah. 
No, and, and yeah, and the intention is to to make um, meaningful changes um, that are following sort of transportation planning best practices. Um, but at the end of the day, yeah, I mean, Roxanne, this is this is the plan that will guide action um, when it comes time to do that action. Um, obviously, uh, community engagement will be a huge part of how each uh, implementation step of this um, is implemented. Um, anybody else before we move on to the next um, Greenway, the Greenway? Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, so so the Greenway is the Greenway. Um, this plan doesn't call for um, anything beyond uh, completing it and and continuing uh, the Greenway um, to to address some of the gaps on Truman Parkway connecting to Reedville, um, but. It, it it is by and large uh, exists um, and it is a huge uh, boon to the residents of Milton and to our neighbors. So um, this this just sort of advocates for um, support uh, continuing for for the Greenway. Um, the next proposal for Mattapan through the Blue Hills, um, and we touched on it earlier, um, is really focused on um, having that direct route between Boston and the Blue Hills. Um, as you say, Tabor. I mean, this is this is all uh, DCR road, um, so this is not um, within the town of Milton's uh, control uh, as such. Um, but we do have some significant uh, crashes on intersections on Blue Hill Ave. Um, Cheryl, I won't ask you to scroll back up to that map, but but members can see um, that this uh, Blue Hills Parkway, um, Route 138, and Truman Parkway have some serious uh, crashes along um, this path that make it very dangerous for cyclists. Um, so they they recommended that we do some additional feasibility analysis. Um, and um, this is uh, something that DCR is actively working on. They've uh, recently proposed a new uh, shared use pathway from Truman Parkway to Blue Hill Ave. Um, and so, so there, um, their proposal, as well as MassDOT's shared use pathway along Blue Hill Avenue, should be um, very much in line with the recommendations along um, this part of town. Um, the transportation planners at uh, DCR and, and at MassDOT have been looking at this very closely, but we can certainly also do additional studies and additional outreach to residents along Blue Hill Ave to make sure that. Uh, Miltonians feel represented and feel um, informed as we move forward in uh, working collaboratively with DCR on this uh, section of uh, the connections and section of the greenways. Uh, finally, the, the, the major plan, uh, major greenway is the Cross Blue Hills um, Trail, which would be crossing from one side of the reservation. Um, across to the other along Chickatawba Hillside and Royal Streets. Um, this is one of the rare occasions where it actually recommends a street widening um, to widen Chickatawba uh, and allow for four to five foot bike lanes um, as you go east of Route 28. Uh, it also proposes striping bike lanes on Chickatawba west of Route 28 and along Hillside Street to 138. They also propose, and, and this would uh, have to be something that is talked about um, 
in uh, very close conjunction with residents. Um, but they propose uh, one-way travel on uh, several of the roads here on Chicatawba, Royal Street, um, to help separate um, cyclists and pedestrians from through traffic. Um, so that that cross Blue Hills, Mattapan, Mattapan to the Blue Hills, and the Milton Greenway are really the three key greenways that this MMPC report recommends um, and proposes. Um, there are a few minor additional recommendations in the program. Um, Central Ave it proposes adding additional protected bike lanes um, adjacent Josh, to the before, park. Josh, excuse me, before you move on to that, uh, Regina has her hand up. Oh, I'm sorry. Regina, go ahead. Um, I, I just was wondering if that one-way travel was um, a consideration for permanent uh, status as one-way roads or something similar to like Memorial Drive where those roads are closed, uh, or, uh, sorry, not closed, but um, traffic is diverted and changed at certain times of day and week. Yeah, the, the proposal in the master plan is that they'd be one-way um, more broadly and, and likely permanently, um, but as it comes to implementation, um, it, it certainly leaves room for, as as will the sort of community engagement sort of feedback, uh, leave room for it being maybe one way only during sort of peak travel times uh, to minimize it being used as cut throughs. Um, okay, you know, you. This this is guiding. It's not it's not meant as a prescriptive. Um, okay. Anyone else before we move to the next recommendations? Josh, go ahead. So um, the uh, proposal also includes uh, important recommendations for Central Ave, Reedsdale Road, and uh, Canton uh, at the intersection with 138. On Central Ave, um, it's recommending that we add protected bike lanes um, adjacent to the curb and separated uh, by a flex post buffer, which is sort of like a, a recommendation of a bollard rather than a um, actual one. Though uh, those of you who saw the crash um, on East Milton Square, I think some of our actual bollards act more as suggestions for some folks. Um, so this would be flex posts, uh, which are plastic, um, preventing uh, sort of uh, creating a physical barrier between the travel lane and the parking on Central Ave. On Reedsdale, this is another road diet that they propose. Sorry. Josh, before you move off of Central, I see Elaine has her hand raised, so Elaine. Just a quick question, with the um, flex posts, are those seasonally done? Like, will they be removed in the winter to allow for, um, you know, snow removal and such? Um, the plan would not remove them over the winter months, but they are removable so that when we are doing significant plowing efforts, um, DPW can uproot them and replace them. Um, so they are yeah, uh, able to be moved, but the intention isn't to sort of have it be only protected over the summer months. Um, okay. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Sorry, I'm jumping between my notes and the thing and it's covering up people's hand raised. Um, so oh, Ridsdale Road is is another road diet um as they proposed with uh granite ave um converting from uh, a four-lane road to a three-lane road 
um, and adding a bike lane. Um, we've seen um, that roads that go from four lanes to three lanes um, see really um, impressive and significant drops in average speed. Um, so this helps um, mitigate danger and, and help reduce the speed of folks coming through town, as well as um, potentially limit the sort of um, desire for that being a cut through road by having it be slightly slower than other routes. Um, so this will um, provide additional safety as well as potentially um, limit the cut through traffic um, along that part of Route 28 Reedsdale Road. Uh, finally, on Canton Ave, um, at Canton Ave and 138, um, they have a proposal to realign the intersection um, that'll require folks to make a, a, a sharper and slower turn onto Canton Ave. Um, because that's been a particularly dangerous spot. Um, it also includes additional sidewalks on Canton Avenue because it's currently sort of a narrow one-way section. Um, so adding sidewalk access and slowing down the speed at which um, drivers um, turn onto Canton Ave are the key sort of elements at that intersection. Um, Intersectional improvements were also really highlighted um, as an issue in the survey. So this is um, part of addressing that concern. Thank you, Josh. So um, this highlights some of what we were just talking about in terms of the jurisdictions. Um, there's a lot of mass DOT um, and East Milton with the highway, of course, there's um, federal. And then um, the, um, the the others, which would be, as Josh said, in Milton's jurisdiction. So Josh, on, on this one, uh, where it says the town of Milton proposed, is this uh, coming from their recommendations or from other proposals, recommendations coming from other parties in Milton? Um, yeah, so this is this is what would be proposed um, and led by the town of Milton. Um, we don't have sort of independent plans outside of what are in um, the recommendations in this okay. plan. So this would be the things that we've already discussed, showing them just the Milton components of them. Exactly. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, and then they go into um, a little bit more of uh, detail here in terms of timeline, fund potential funding sources, and other resources. I think yeah. there's some there's some inter interesting information here uh, when we look at encouraging physical activity. That's definitely in the master plan, and the sort of age-friendly walking initiative. Um, is something which is, I think, pretty interesting as well. Um, the Community Preservation Act funds uh, could be a potential source of funding as well as um, MassDOT. So there's some good follow-up uh, information here. Uh, I haven't had a chance to follow up with and look at all of these, but I've looked at a few, a couple of them, and it looks like some really good resources. Yeah, and these will be particularly valuable at the staff level for how we approach uh, grant opportunities um, and help design some of our work through the uh, sort of best practices that they show in their examples and resources. So this is really valuable at the staff level as well. 
And then some of the other things, again, um, the strategies in the master plan in terms of uh, connecting uh, regionally and eliminating barriers and uh, implementing uh, pedestrian and bicycle strategies into all projects. Um, I think are really um, strong goals here. And um, having as I, the walkability, but also the age-friendly street design was another interesting thing that uh, Boston's really working on some of these and we could probably learn from. And at Cambridge, I think Lexington was mentioned. So there's some other uh, good resources. The connected, um, the connection of the Greenway network. Again, uh, we talked about that. And their mass trails funding is an opportunity. So uh, several or a number of different of, uh, sources for funding. And then again, additional um, uh, follow-up information if um, readers of this or watchers of this uh, want to follow up, there's um, additional information in these links in the appendices. I'm gonna skip through this, the results of the survey and go to a couple of things towards the um, back of the report here. Um, Dick, if you just, we're almost done with this piece of it. Do you mind holding off one second? And then not we'll at all, get... not at all, Cheryl. Anything I can do to help. Okay, thanks. Um, these are the um, the roadway corridors and then the, um, you know, the destinations to and from as well as the responsibility. So this does lay out where it's DCR, MassDOT, Milton, et cetera. Um, a little bit more of the description, so which I think is, um, can be uh, helpful for people to visualize um, and continue there. And that's on the, uh, the Neponset Greenway in Dorchester, I believe, at the, at the last slide there. Okay, Dick, go ahead with your question. Yeah, I apologize. Did I miss something in the on a plan relative to East Milton Square in terms of safety and accessibility by, by pedestrians and cyclists? Is it in there? Yeah, so East Milton Square will be part of that um, Milton Greenway proposal that's east-west. It goes directly through um, East Milton Square from Quincy um, and uh, is also involved in the rehabilitation of that rail corridor as, as you move eastbound onto uh, Squanum Street. Um, East Milton Square and, and its existing sort of traffic character and, and unique sort of patterns, with, especially with the new um, traffic patterns at Manning Park, are, aren't explicitly called out and discussed, but East Milton Square and transit through there is certainly a part of this plan. Don't you think it should be? I mean, wasn't that the whole idea with the reconfiguration of um, Manning Park, I guess, or is that... You know, I think when we have these discussions relative to East Milton, if, if the idea was if people couldn't walk and cycle there easily, then the project really wasn't a total success. I don't see, I don't, I'm not seeing anything here, I, I guess, um, in this plan that really talks about it. And I don't see I mean, how we can talk about it. So, so, so the, particularly the portion along Threaded Ave, um, uh, is tied into how people will roll and, and walk through East Milton Square, um, how that interfaces with the new um, sort of trail through 
Manning Park is is not explicitly talked about, but that's because this was originally conceived um, in June of this year. Um, so, so I mean, it's certainly part of how we are working in the planning department, and it's um, not intended to be ignored. But it's uh, it just doesn't have it. But it's so Dick, part, I think it's not part no. of the twin. What we're looking at is not not specifically dealing with that. It's peripherally dealing with it. And, right. It's not sort of narratively discussed, um, but I, I think the the proposal through um, on on Squanum, Adams, and Granite very much explicitly deals with the the transit needs in East Mountain Square. So I think to Dick's point, though, if there was something that we felt as if was missing in this uh, report, that we would send those recommendations along, Dick, in addition to the whatever. I think we, Cheryl. I think we have to, quite frankly, because yeah. I think that this is. As we're dealing with East Milton Square in sort of a micro way in terms of this, you know, traffic and parking plan we're doing, if people can't access uh, East Milton Square, going to East Milton Square by bicycle and walking safely, and if people from East Milton Square can't get out of East Milton Square to walk to the schools or wherever they're going safely, I'm not sure what this, this is, this is nice that we're doing this, but I think that that's a very, has to be a very important part of any sort of, um, of uh, walking and um, cycling plan that we're putting forward. Yeah, I think um, we're going. I'm going to see uh, if others have public comment here, Dick. But I'm going to make a note of that. And I think it's a good point. I think getting from East Milton to Cunningham and Collicott, and getting to St. Agatha's, you know, across the highway are all um, important pedestrian bicycle. Oh, and yeah, and, and the, specifically oh, in this plan. Yeah, and the other way too. I mean, if, you, if we're trying to encourage people to walk to take a bicycle mm -hmm. to East Milton Square to relieve traffic congestion and, and and parking issues, if they can't do it safely and easily, they're not going to do it. They're just going to take that car, and we're not. We really haven't accomplished a lot of what we we hope would come out of something like this. I guess, but for the, for that piece, but I like the rest of it. I think, but for that piece, but I'm a little disappointed. Okay. Um, point taken. I think. As I said, Josh, I think we can send along some comments like that, you know, um, with whatever other thoughts we have about the plan uh, to support, et cetera. Um, so yeah. at this point, I do think I want to turn to um, Lee Toma and then come um, and see if anyone else in the public would like to speak. And then we'll come back um, to uh, the committee discussion. But, okay, so um, I see Lee, you're an attendee. Uh, would you like to speak? You can unmute yourself. Yes, uh, thank you very much. Uh, again, I really appreciate the opportunity and all the work that the uh, committee has put into this. Um, while the, the bike committee hasn't been able to meet to make a recommendation on the final version of the bike master plan yet, it has been on the committee's uh, uh, wish list since 2014 to adopt a plan to uh, help drive uh, improvements to town safety, connectivity, and to improve the town's uh, bicycle-friendly community rating. So we're really happy to see, I think the committee will be happy to see this and sign off on uh, or recommend that the town adopt it. Um, I'd like to thank the leadership of the town and I'm grateful to the bike committee for their work uh, over the past years. So according to MAPC, Milton has by far the highest percentage of arterial street miles with bike lanes among suburban communities almost 35%. This is at least twice that of all other suburban communities, but not quite as much as those of uh, urban communities like Cambridge and Somerville. 
so the, the town has done a pretty good job so far, uh, but does have opportunities to do better work uh, coordinating with the state and uh, neighboring communities on this. So because of the town's proximity to the city and to transit, it makes a lot of sense to make the town more friendly for walking and biking. We already see hundreds of people walking every day to transit the trolley. Uh, if we make the town more bike friendly, uh, this could open up the, the last mile so that more people can get to the Fairmount line or to the trolleys and help to alleviate some of the traffic on local streets. And of course, if you've been to any of our, our trolley stations, you see that there's almost no parking or in, in many cases, no parking at all. And similarly on the Fairmount line. So uh, having uh, uh, either uh, bike racks or a shared a bike system, a bike share system like blue, blue bikes would also make a lot of sense for uh, Milton in that sense too. Uh, studies show that local trips are generally three miles or less, which is well within the range of a bike trip. And if the routes are safe enough, as uh, Dick and others have pointed out, then people will choose to do this if, if they can do so. Uh, another issue that Milton needs to consider is that the town is kind of walled off from other communities by barriers like the expressway, uh, Route 128, and the Neponset River. Uh, this plan helps to, as you can see, uh, coordinate with neighboring communities for people to get to destinations across those uh, barriers. Uh, having this plan would also align with the town's traffic mitigation committee's goals of reducing traffic, uh, much of which is local traffic to schools and shops. And uh, we also see that as many as 10% of Pierce Middle School uh, students already bike to school on a regular basis. And uh, Glover, which has trails connecting to it on special occasions, has as much as 25 to 30% bike to school participation and even more walk to school participation. And I think it was noted in the report that the, the town got uh, something like an $800,000 grant to make improvements for that. So um, that was based on the town's participation, high participation rate in walk and bike to school. Um, let's see. It was also mentioned that the plan would benefit people represented by the Commission on Disability. It would align with town environmental goals and benefit environmental justice pop populations who we uh, disproportionately see walking and biking to local destinations. And it would align with state's uh, mode shift goals and the state's plans to include high quality shared use paths in all future corridor reconstruction projects. Uh, it's, it's really amazing to see the work that's going on across the state and uh, the town, uh, or sorry, the state recently uh, uh, released a priority uh, connectivity plan that would include uh, paths across Milton connecting to the south. So I hope to see uh, the, the state fund more of these projects along those lines. Um, other elements of this uh, plan align with initiatives from the master plan process like Brookwalk Trail. Uh, and as it was talked about, such a concept would help encourage people to bike on routes with low car traffic away from the busy main corridors on so-called neighborways through the neighborhoods, which uh, I think a lot of people would prefer to do than being uh, next to busy traffic, high traffic streets. Um, I think it's nice that the, the plan uh, includes an inventory of existing structure, infrastructure, and highlights gaps and areas in, of need and, and of improvement and shows potential opportunities for improvements uh, and infrastructure types that we may not uh, have around town, but we might see in other locations. Um, it was raised as an issue that one of the frustrating things is dealing with uh, different jurisdictions and the need to coordinate with MassDOT, uh, DCR, and neighboring communities. 
but all of those organizations are doing a lot of good work. You can see uh, MassDOT funding a lot of projects. Uh, DCR has their Parkways Master Plan, which would implement, which could potentially implement a lot of safety improvements across Milton. And it was pointed out that Boston and Quincy are also doing a lot of uh, really good uh, uh, safe roads uh, projects as well. Um, and, and there are a lot of funding opportunities for these projects. Uh, at my recommendation a few years ago, the town adopted the complete streets policy and since then has accepted grants totaling, I think nearly a million dollars to implement a shared use path near Pierce and lots of other sidewalk and uh, crosswalk uh, improvements across town. Uh, the TIP program already has projects listed in town and uh, recent transportation bond bills could potentially fund some of the projects such as the uh, Blue Hills Parkway uh, shared use path um, and other locations across town. And, and of course the Brook Road uh, project was funded by a shared streets and spaces program from MassDOT. So th there's a, a lot of opportunities out there that can help to support this, even though Milton may not have the resources to do so on its own. So um, I'm confident that when when the bike committee meets to to review this and discuss it, it will recommend that the town adopt the uh, the proposed uh, bike and pedestrian master plan. Um, I'd also like to comment on a couple things. Uh, clarification on the uh, bikes on sidewalks thing. Uh, bikes are only prohibited in business districts, but are allowed in other locations across town. I believe that's both a, a town bylaw and a state law. Uh, for Curry College, in our bike and pedestrian counts, we see a lot of Curry College students walking and running in the area, so they ought to be uh, considered as well. And it's nice to see the proposed uh, Milton Greenway uh, potentially help to address some of that. Uh, for bike share, in 2017, the town had approved a Lime bike uh, contract, but they withdrew the fleet before we could get to implement those. Uh, blue bikes are available within a stone's throw of Milton. Uh, I think it would make a lot of sense for the town to consider that. And uh, MassDOT does offer grants that would cover the capital expenses of that, but not necessarily operating expenses, which would run probably in the range of $40,000 a year. But uh, if you look at that cost and you compare it to the actual cost of maintaining parking spaces in locations like the, the trolley stations, it would potentially offer a, a strong payback on that. So the town should consider that pretty seriously, I think, as an opportunity to help uh, connect people to transit. Uh, let's see. Uh, we are looking at applying for some Mass Trails grants for Neponset Trail project improvements. So uh, hopefully we can do that and potentially other for other locations across town. Uh, get some improvements for local trails and uh, uh, projects like that. And uh, we could consider working with uh, NEMBA, the New England Mountain Bike Association, which does a lot of trail work and bridge building in the in the Blue Hills, uh, connecting some of those trails and uh, improving some of those trails. And I'd like the town to also consider grant opportunities from uh, organizations like the Conine Foundation, which was at the DCR announcement earlier this year and also the Solomon Foundation, which was at the Sitewalk uh, with DCR uh, just last week. Um, and lastly, for East Milton Square, Dick, you raise a great point. One of the top uh, requests that we get at the bike committee is that people want to be able to bike from East Milton Square into Boston up to the Neponset Trail. And uh, the, the state had originally proposed a uh, potential shared use path along that corridor and had it listed in their project list, but that kind of uh, fell by the wayside. And I hope that the town will consider uh, 
uh, prioritizing that to help make that connection. Uh, also, there was a road safety audit about five years ago that had uh, recommendations for uh, uh, improvements in that corridor, but that hasn't been followed up on yet. So I hope that the town can uh, can do so. So anyway, um, again, thank you very much. It's a uh, it's a very comprehensive plan. There's a lot of proposals in there, and of course, those would go through uh, proper planning procedures and and review by. Uh, the community, and uh, I do hope that the town will adopt this. So thank you again for all your work on this. Lee, you're a wealth of information, so thank you for sharing that with us. I see Elaine. Um, there was iPad first, Elaine, so I'm going to go to the iPad and then to Elaine. So um, whoever is the iPad identification, it looks like Deborah Felton's iPad. It is. Um, Hi, Deborah Felton. I live off Blue Hill Parkway near Mattapan, but I am the executive director at Fuller Village. And um, I am advocate, and first of all, thank you all for all your work. I think this is fantastic. Um, I'm actually a biker and a big walker. So the more I can do that safely around town, the happier I will be. But so will my a lot of my residents who live at Fuller Village. Um, I have a group who bikes down to the bike path um, at, Nepal, at the Mattapan station. It's not so safe to get there from uh, Fuller. So we end up a lot of times just transporting bikes. If you're talking about age friendly, that is a big program through AARP. I have residents who walk from Fuller to the library and they cross over 138. And you were talking about the intersection um, at Canton Ave and um, 138. Um, it would be great to have a pedestrian crosswalk there. And I know that is um, in the plans for 138 construction for roadway construction, but that is a long way off. And just think about walking. First of all, the person, a couple of people, they walk on 138 and then they figure out how to cross around Dollar Lane safely. So it's pretty dangerous. And just don't forget the seniors in town because there are a lot of active seniors and um, they wanna be able to access the roadways by bike and by walking safely. So. Thank you all. I've been following this master plan ever since it began with all those hearings, um, all those forums at the schools. And so it's always exciting to see some real concrete plans. And thank you all. Thank you, Deborah. Those are really great comments as well. You highlight something that I also think is important, which is really looking at our crosswalks. We have many locations uh, where there's stretches of roadway and the crosswalks are quite distant from one another, which makes for safe, unsafe crossings in between those crosswalks. And so I would really like to see some analysis done on that, whether that's a separate plan or in that DPW takes a look at, but I think that's an important thing for pedestrian safety. So thanks for bringing that up. Elaine. Um, I just wanted to express my appreciation to Lee. I was um, really appreciated everything that he said and his dedication and tireless efforts to improving Milton. And so I just wanted to say that we're lucky to have you. Yeah. Thanks. 
and this plan wouldn't uh, have been pushed forward if it weren't for Lee. Um, so thank you, Lee, for continuing to bring it to our committee and, and to the town's attention. Is there anyone else who is a participant tonight who would like to speak? Warren, you raised your hand before that. That's fine. Go ahead, Warren. Thank you, Gerald. <clears throat> yeah, this is a this is a really nice plan to um, bring Melton together and provide more access and you know make it more kid friendly, which I think is wonderful. Um, I'm wondering if there's any consideration given to um, uh, to uh, some of the, the, the existing uh, usage data of the pilot bike lanes, because um, they are noted in a few of the places here, and kind of curious as to you know how those are being used now, and and if there's any feedback on on their success. Uh, and then my other question is, I would agree with uh, Richard on this. There's a there's East Milton Square definitely has a pedestrian safety issue, unfortunately. Um, I've seen kids cross uh, Granite Ave like they're crossing 93 uh, and to get to St. Ags or anywhere else. So, you know, um, there's a lot of kids that, that could use some real uh, pedestrian safety as well as the bicycle that's coming in, uh, bicycle lanes coming in on um, Granite Ave. Um, and I'm also looking at the map between them and I'd like a little clarification also on why wasn't the length of Canton Ave considered as a bike improvement lane because uh, we want to be sure that we're serving the greater portion of Milton. And so it seems like a lot of the bike improvements are shown on the northern side, where Canton Ave might be an opportunity to kind of go through the center of the town a little bit and, uh, and provide access to more households. Thanks. Thanks, Warren. Those are great comments. Um, I, I do know that we got some feedback on the Brook Road from uh, some participants in the public forum. And there were several who commented on the location of the lane. I think it was, is it between the parking and the um, and the and the drive lane? The, so that the, the bicycle lanes in between those. There was some concern about safety, as I recall. So Josh, do you have any information about that? Um, I I don't have data from the Brook Road pilot to hand, um, but I can certainly send that out to the committee um, later this week if I can find some from engineering with W. Okay. Um, anything else, Warren? Uh, you know, the question about the um, Canton Ave, what, you know, was that considered as, an, as a viable uh, bicycle route as well? Well, it's also, it's one of those, the shared roads right now. It's, it's striped, I mean, it's got a marking for it. It's, it's um, where I live on Canton Ave. I, I commented on this during those forums because the, because the road's narrow and there's not a dedicated lane and we have catch basins that are poorly maintained that you can fly off or you can be, your bike can be um, disrupted, your bike ride disrupted by those catch basins. So maintenance, I thought was, you know, something that was highlighted in this report that's really important. But I think we can bring that back, Warren, just like we bring back East Milton Square. We can put a few comments together of things that we think that the plan has perhaps not adequately addressed that we, we think should be included. It, it wouldn't be in their, this, I think their work is concluded, but it certainly could be in a, in a memo that we send along to the department, planning department and to the select board. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be very useful. 
Okay, and Aaron Bradley, I see you have your hand up. Hi, Cheryl, thanks so much. Um, I'm just, this is on in the background as I'm, I'm studying and I appreciate the opportunity to, to just raise a couple comments. Um, I love this plan. Um, I've often said in the select board meetings about my son and his friends who are avid bike riders and bike from Lower Mills to um, East Milton Square just to spend their money at Pliables and Pat's Pizza. So, um, so, so anything we can do to improve the safety for, um, for this generation to get around would be great. One thing that I, um, that just struck me when I was listening, we have a lot of kids from the west side of town that are traveling to Cunningham Park for summer camps um, or to the pool um, or pond. Um, and so I know that that is, probably somewhere in this, and I might have missed it because like I said, I'm studying, but um, but having that be a safe way for kids to get to and from, right now I think they're cutting through parts of Milton Academy that don't have sidewalks on the street or and it's very curvy. Um, I know uh, my neighbor's son fell off his bike last year and um, and, and injured his, his leg. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there as something, I'm sure it's in here, but um, something to keep in mind that kids are trying to make their way via bike to Cunningham Park um, to enjoy the summer facilities. So thank you again for all your hard work on all of this. I love this plan. The more bike paths, the more narrowing of roads, the better um, it'll help our traffic problems. It will actually create a calmer space for us. And I really appreciate the work of this committee. So thanks. Thank you, Aaron. And thanks for tuning in while you're studying. <laughs> thanks, Cheryl. Is there anyone else who's attending who would like to um, offer any comments on this plan? I see Roxanne. Thank you. Um, thanks for presenting the plan. It was good to go through it again and hear about it again in a little bit more detail. So thank you to Cheryl and to Josh for presenting that. A um, couple of things I would say, there are a lot of great things in this plan couple things that are, um, I think, need a little bit more work. I think that a lot of the routes uh, around the school seem like a great idea, and I think the safety should be a priority for sure. Um, and also, um, that includes bike safety, walker safety, um, everybody. Questions I have would, uh, or actually comments I would say, um, is that with any kind of a plan like this, when you're talking about any kind of um, small roadway changes, any kind of roadway changes do tend to push traffic on other roadways. And when I say roadway changes, I'm talking about changing a road from, you know, a two, uh, two lane, one lane in each direction or whatever to go to uh, one direction. You're going to just change the traffic patterns. And I think that's uh, something that needs to be studied a little bit more, needs a little bit more analysis with that. Um, Already, I mean, I can tell you that the main things that I hear from people all the time, and even when I was running the things with traffic concerns, a lot of traffic in town, of course, we have all the cut through traffic and safety. And um, so I just feel like we need a little more analysis if we're going to change certain roadways to one ways um, or any kind of other significant changes. And I would say that I wondered if certain aspects of this plan that may have a little bit more input from neighbors or neighborhoods that we could almost, um, you know, approve certain aspects of the plan and then other aspects that we bring forward to some of the neighbors to get some input from and 
um, feedback on before implementation. So one um, one thing I think um, about that might be just a recommendation that the planning department uh, or the DPW engage in that, or were you thinking that we should actually engage in that before um, making any recommendations? Well, I think that um, I'd want to have a little bit more feedback, maybe even from um, some of the residents, if you're talking about specific roadways that are changed, like Unquity, for instance, making Unquity a one way or something. That's significant, you know. Um, yeah, so one and, thing I was thinking, actually, just with what you had suggested, I mean, I agree that those kinds of changes are significant. And I think it's anticipated in the report that some analysis needs to be done and possibly some uh, pilot programs, which I think I would, I would think is important. So the question then for me is just, and maybe Josh, you and Tim have talked about this, is it your intention that, that those further analyses and pilot programs and community engagement would be done by um, town departments, like the planning department and DPW? So or do you, would, would you be thinking that a committee or board would be doing some of that investigation? Um, to, to directly answer that, Cheryl, um, if I may, I don't, I don't mean to um, cut before um, members Campbell Malone or Benson, uh, but uh, I think it would be twofold. Um, the planning department would likely lead the charge on the outreach and discussion uh, with neighbors impacted, um, but we do have a um, traffic model that is uh, able to be run through our um, preferred traffic consultants at Beta. Um, that would be able to give us some some actual data and transportation planning uh, analyses of uh, the expected impacts on local and and sort of broader traffic patterns uh, should a change like a one way be implemented. So I think it would be definitely twofold that actual tangible data analysis of the traffic impacts would likely be um, best suited for um, that traffic model. Um, and and paying for that, uh, we've we've talked at length that this was one of the uh, parts of the goal would be potentially through funding of the traffic commission, and they would be uh, the point on um, funding those studies and funding that model um, usage and analysis. Um, but the community engagement part would likely be um, through uh, our planning department. So um, before I move to the others, Roxanne, does that make sense to you in terms of what you, your comments were? Um, it does. I just have another another question, but I can come back if you'd like the other members to speak. That's fine, and I'll come back at the end. Okay. All right. Um, well, I see some hands went back down. So, Roxanne, you you've got the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, I guess my question was, um, you know, I I appreciate that there's modeling, uh, traffic modeling that can be done. I do think there is value in some of the information from direct users of roadways too. So, um, like I said, I think a lot of this is great stuff. I think a lot of it, you know, um, most of it is right on key, but I think that there are a couple of issues with some of the areas that I feel that um, it would be great to find out what the immediate neighbors feel, you know, the people that live over on certain streets or whatever. Um, this is always great to get a good buy-in from people um, and understand what the impacts are. And, you know, sometimes the people that actually use certain roadways, they pick up other things that, you know, a modeling 
situation is not going to pick up. So I would love to, you know, see a little bit more input from some of the residents. Like I said, I said, you know, overall, it's a very good plan. There are some aspects that I think I would like to see some community input from the direct butters neighbors. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Roxanne. Regina. Hi. Yeah. So I, I put my hand down to defer to Elaine <laughs> and then Elaine <laughs> put her hand down. So funny. Um, uh, I was just curious um, with regards to Roxanne's statement. Um, I, I have a background in modeling and so I, I fully appreciate um, what models can tell you and how they're they're created based on the best available uh, evidence and are certainly not um, never perfect. Um, but I, I'm, I'm curious which users and abutters for this particular part of the project on Unquity, because there, there there aren't any residents directly on Unquity. Am I am I right? Um, and and there are some users that uh, use that to get to and from their residences. Um, but a lot of the users of that area would be not only community members in Milton, but also those that use Milton as a cut through. Um, so it, is there a desire to know what those users uh, want as well, or are we limited just to um, asking our Milton community members who use those roads? I'm just curious, curious what, what the thought is um, on that. Is that for me? It's, it's for anyone who has more information than I do. <laughs> Including opinion. <laughs> um, I'll just say, say yeah. one thing, Hunter. You know, I think it's an interesting question. Um, you know, I was reading how Boston had done some recent planning work in, in Mattapan. They've been doing a lot of planning work, actually, uh, both transportation and um, overall zoning type of planning. And I saw that they, they use some. Um, new tools, if you will, like they went to like the bus stops and they talked to people who were waiting at the bus stops who were taking public transit, you know, so it might be one of those things where maybe some data could be collected by some kind of notices on the bike trails, you know, that somebody like could, the ice rink. could scan, a, you know, a QR code and submit some data. So, um, you know, I, I do think um, DCR, since that, you know, the connection is probably DCR, but, you know, getting some suggestions into DCR about that public engagement, I think, could be a good thing, too. Um, I I think, and, and I'm if I'm wrong, Roxanne, correct me, but I think you're probably the one that's kind of sensitive because it is a significant change would be Brush Hill Road, for example. But, I, you know, I think... Um, you know, people there will experience Brush Hill Road differently than others people in town. I experience right, and that's and that's a residentially lined street, right? So, so I think I it it makes sense to me just you know from the outside looking in. Sorry, you went silent there, honest Regina. Are you oh, muted? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry about that. I um so it, for Brush Hill Road, yeah, I think it makes total sense that the as residential as that is to to speak to the primary users, which are the residents on that street, but Unquity is a little different. 
um, in that regard that most of the users don't live on that street or on streets that abut that that um, throughway uh, or thoroughway. Um, and so I was just curious how what the different approaches are to evaluating users who are not also uh, lo locally um, relevant residents. Yeah, I mean, one of the things about these is the, the connections across towns, right? So that's to your point is how you get data about that. And so um, what I'd like to suggest is, <clears throat> unless there's anyone else who'd like to give a comment or question, we've thrown out a lot of different suggestions. Elaine, we'll get to you. Um, <clears throat> so before I go to what I was gonna say, go ahead, Elaine. <laughs> I feel like I'm interrupting your train of thought. That's um, all right, that's all right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I was just going to say there's a lot of really good points that have been brought up. And, um, you know, I think from what I've heard is that we have gotten a good amount of community input over a lengthy period of time for this. And, um, you know, my view of it is that it's kind of a roadmap with recommendations and that as specific initiatives um, get geared up that at that time, because I mean, this this isn't going to happen overnight. It's probably going to take a lot, a long time, and and change, you know, as as things happen. And and so I think as as specific initiatives get geared up, that there will be my hope uh, is that there will be more community outreach and engagement and studies taking place. But um, I think it's my opinion is that this is a great plan, and it's uh, excited to see some of these things uh, start to to get going. Thanks. So what my suggest, thanks Elaine, what my suggestion was going to be is that since we, it sounds like we probably want to have a letter go along with our recommendation because there's some things we want to, we notice that we think are missing perhaps so that we'd like to make sure get included as things go forward, such as East Milton Square, such as the age-friendly uh, components, the comments from Fuller Village, you know, Kenton Ave. So, I'd like to suggest that the committee um, empower Josh and I to draft the letter, and then we'll review that at our next meeting. Um, but with the idea, I mean, I'd like to get a sense of whether people think they want to make a recommendation to support the plan, that to, to suggest to the select board that they adopt the plan, and then that we craft some of these comments about community engagement and other areas. So if you could give me your sense about that approach, please. I'll make that motion. Is there a second? Second. I see Roxanne has her hand up. You have a comment on that discussion on that, Roxanne? Uh, just a, a couple of quick questions. Mm -hmm. um, one is I would like to see that we have something that we're going to put in there that with some of these areas that we're going to have more discussion on it. I mean, you know, as we just mentioned, there was something that Dick Burke had said, had mentioned that was important. Um, and I know we were talking about some of these other areas that might need more um, input from some of the residents and so forth. So how that do we do my, that, I guess? That was my suggestion of, of the letter and that we would review the letter at our next meeting. So, so. that'll have the specific things in there, yep. are you saying? Mm -hmm. Okay. And if if we didn't capture it, you know, we'll we can make edits at the at that meeting and then send it off at that point. Um, and as far as whether 
you know, there's some role for us to participate in some aspects of what we've suggested. We can leave that open as, you know, um, as an opportunity, but it sounds as if we have town departments who are planning to take care of implementation. So we can offer our assistance, um, but not mandated. <laughs> All right, uh, we have a, a motion on the floor. Any other discussion about the motion? Okay, but, then. Cheryl, we'll what is the motion? Mm -hmm. Just so I'm sure what we're voting on. Okay, is to um, authorize Josh and I to draft a letter on behalf of the um, committee, which would voice our uh, endorsement of the plan but adding the comments uh, that we've talked about tonight um, as things for consideration as the plan is adopted and to offer um, uh, to assist if there's a role for us to assist. Does that taper what you think the motion is? That's what I had in mind, yes. Okay. And Elaine, that's what you thought you seconded? Uh, yeah, with review of that though, at their next meeting. Yes, that's right. Okay. All set to go to a vote. Um, Dick Burke. Well, I'm, I'm a little confused in my vote here. I mean, I, I was showing both of this, but I think I'd like to see what's in the, um, uh, you know, the comments that we're going to. I mean, I hate to say I, I'm for this without seeing what the, some of our concerns are in the letter that's going to the Board of Selectmen. You will, you will, Dick, see the letter in January when our next meeting. Well, I know, I know that. I'm just wondering that what am I voting for now until I see that letter, right? Deputizing Cheryl and Josh to write the letter. If that's all we're doing, that's fine. But I thought I heard someone say we're also supporting the plan. No? Supporting the plan. I think plan it's in support of the plan with those caveats or with those exceptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, why don't you go to someone else? Let me think about that. Okay, Tabor Keeley. I'm voting in favor. Mark San Musto. I, th I'm, I'm going to abstain because I don't feel like we have enough information to say 100% um, that we're okay with every aspect here. I would rather see the letter first. Okay, Regina. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely fine having you draft the letter. Um, so I'm a yes vote for. Um, submitting or excuse me, um, okaying this plan to go as select board with the caveat of the letter under review at our next meeting. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, Regina. Elaine. Yes. Warren. Um, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, the, the review of the letter is important. Um, I will, I will vote yeah, but let me ask this please. Do we, is our recommendation go to the select board at the same time as the letter or are they receiving our recommendation? And then they have a period in which, you know, not that it would happen where they can make a decision before they receive our letter? No, I, I, I was thinking it would go at the same time. Okay, all right, then, then yes. Okay, thank you. And um, the chair is yes. So, um, Josh, you and I will work on it. We'll send it 
We'll do our best to send it a week in advance so everyone has a chance to review and to Elaine, yes? Sorry, you didn't you circle back to Dick. I think he was thinking. Oh, about sorry, Dick. You're right. Thank you. Well, that, that's all right. You have the votes. I'm gonna I'm gonna abstain as did Roxanne until I see this. Okay. I think I'd like to vote on it together so I see both pieces going so I'm selecting with my uh, my approval. Okay. Uh, so the plan, as I said, would be Josh and I will work on that. We'll distribute the letter about a week in advance of our meeting and everyone will have a chance to make sure we caught everything. And I would say even uh, if you see something that was missed, you could send it to Josh, you know, and we can even have a, another draft of it so that we can wrap it up. Okay? Great. Thank you. And thanks to um, members of the public who provided their comments and detailed comments. So we'll move now to uh, item five on the agenda, the discussion of the implementation priorities for the remainder of the fiscal year and next fiscal year. Um, and what I've been trying to get at with this agenda item is um, what we think we can spend our time putting some energy into. We know that in reviewing the strategies some of them are squarely in the hands of town departments. So there's not really a lot of role for us except to check in with them to see if there's any way we can support them or if there's any questions about that. And then there are some things that we can help advance like we've been asked to help do, for example, with the library, right? So in everybody's review um, of what we've done over the last number of meetings, um, I'm going to stop actually the share of the, um, no, one sec. Okay. Um, I can pull up the uh, spreadsheet <laughs> that we thankfully didn't have with us tonight at the beginning of the meeting uh, after having looked at it for so many meetings in a row, but the, um, we can pull that up. I know that Regina had commented on a couple of things that we said we were going to kind of pin and go back to. And then um, I know there were some things that we said that there was no progress on whatsoever. And it seemed to me that, that those are things we should probably at least talk about um, because if there's been no progress in the last eight years, then uh, why is that, right? So we can think about whether we can help with that. Um, and partly it's like we have some funds available and um, we have about half of the year so we can think about whether those funds could be helpful to somebody or to us. Uh, does that sound appropriate for next folks? Yeah. Okay. All right, so let's see on the, everybody can see the uh, spreadsheet, correct? All right, so um, the green or we had identified where it's basically that the strategy had been met and the yellows where we had said that no progress had been made. Um, so um, then there are a couple of the things um, that we always hear about it has to do with traffic and neighborhood character. Um, and then I had highlighted these, which all dealt with um, the bikeability and walkability and also the civic center connection. 
So um, my sense is that we should continue with the civic center that we Josh gave the overview of. Um, and then um, if I'm the ones here, I think in blue that are ones that Regina had said we were going to pin and come back to. So um, I can just run through and we can look at these and then we can come back for a discussion if that makes sense. So um, the I don't know about archival materials and community dog park in terms of those have made no progress, but those were highlighted in yellow. The one that um, we pinned had to do with um, our inclusivity. We can come back and discuss that. This, uh, another no progress was the development of neighborhood plans for individual neighborhoods. And this is residential, not business. Um, Dick, we had talked about some in terms of the businesses and not making progress there. Um, You know, Roxanne, we can come back to that one, but the, no progress. I guess this does have some progress, so maybe this is not a yellow one. The maximizing use of existing community facilities, not sure what role we would have there. And then these come back to here, the um, inclusivity and thinking about boards and committees and being inclusive of residents with different backgrounds and broader participation in town government. There's a number of these about being open, inclusive, respectful, and welcoming. Um, so uh, those all sort of tie together. And then um, this, these others had to do with um, our relationships with our institutions in town. And there were some, I mentioned that I felt as if the plan was a little short on some of the sustainability and climate change and climate resiliency. There's a couple of them here that we can look at a little bit more and see if there's enough there, or if that's really one of the things that needs to be more focused in the in an update. All right, so I kind of went through some of that and I kind of throw it open for people's suggestions and ideas about our priorities. I put everyone to sleep, I see. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading with okay. my old eyes. Um, I, I happen to think that our sustainability goals mm -hmm. um, are, are super important. Um, although I'm not, I'm not sure what the strategies are for implementing them. So I'd love to see those discussed along with our inclusivity and belonging goals, um, which I think 
have been, you know, a, a source of consternation and, um, you know, are just a, a an ongoing challenge um, in a town where there is a lot of um, a lot of diversity in um, socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, ethnicities, nationalities, language spoken at home, all the things, right? Okay, I um, I think what we could do with that, uh, Regina, is take uh, let's say pick one of those that we would focus on in our our next meeting. Is like really understand what's in the plan, see if there's work to be done from within the plan itself, and then if we feel as if the plan doesn't address it uh, adequately enough, tag it for something that's going to should be addressed in the in an update. Okay. So what and I think my two suggestions, I'm curious yeah. what other people's are as well. And I think um, the uh, on the sustainability front, we should we should definitely ask um, staff to chime in on that as well, because I know Josh has been working on that. And so, um, Josh, we don't have to do it so much tonight, but if you want to say a few words about that um, tonight, you're welcome to. Thanks, Cheryl. Um, yeah, I mean the the sustainability elements in the master plan are are very bare bones and very broad um in part intentionally so that it would leave room for a, a, a wide array of sustainability initiatives to be considered a uh, part of the implementation of the master plan um but since even since 2015 our understanding of uh, the severity of the climate crisis as well as the the need for action has certainly been uh, more deeply understood. So um, I, I really think there's room, especially as you discuss uh, later in the, the meeting on uh, potential um, sort of updates to the master plan, um, very, very targeted, um, potentially including um, specific uh, emissions reductions and dates um, that we would like to see those emission reductions could certainly be part of that. Um, we just got confirmation uh, earlier today, in fact, that our uh, microgrid feasibility study that we're working on with the folks at Winter Valley um, has been approved uh, pursuant to a couple little uh, administrative scope of work changes. So we're um, working on some sort of real um, deep alternative energy projects, not just sort of advancing solar, but really building in deep uh, climate resilience uh, rather than just mitigation. So um, I, I really think that you can consider uh, targeted emissions reduction dates as well as, um, you know, uh, fleet electrification uh, adoption of uh, specific zoning changes uh, to accommodate more uh, sustainable development and, and the like um, when we're considering our updates. Thank you, Josh. Other folks have thoughts? I agree, um, you know, with, you know, both things that Regina said, I think Josh's points are, are fantastic and that we should have, um, you know, something that's less broad, something that's more measurable in our targets for sustainability. So I would love to see, um, that one in particular, especially for us to hone in a little bit more on that in that area, within you know with any future updates to the plan. 
I'd like to suggest thinking about economic development um, because of the, the structural um, challenges that we have with uh, our budgets and needing operational overrides. Um, you know, we're, I don't know if the select board and school committee, et cetera, town minister have been talking about that for this coming year, but I know that the Warren committee has talked about that at the last several town meetings. And, um, you know, we're looking, the planning board is, uh, and the planning department is engaging a consultant to work on zoning for East Milton Square. Um, but when this committee looked at Milton Village, we, um, we learned that a lot of the business district was actually a pretty low um, provider of revenue. Like the largest revenue um, property in Milton Village, um, there's two, extra space storage and 88 war. But the rest of Milton Village was generating very little revenue for the town. And so if we think about our business districts, whether they should be able to help us with more revenue, um, you know, we can, uh, or even if we're looking at any other uh, land use that could assist with economic development. So Dick, I, this might be something you're interested in as well. I know it's something that Roxanne's predecessor on this committee, Arthur Doyle, was is interested in and was interested in. So does anybody else think that that's something we might want to talk about further? I'd vote for that. Same. Okay. I think one of the fundamentals of, of, of this town, our towns in general, is that before you ask your residents to vote for an increase in taxes, you, you've really taken a real hard look at all potential revenue sources, whether it be additional residential or, or um, commercial pieces of property. And I think that's something Milton has been a little bit slow to um, come to grips with over the years. So it results in operational overrides every you know three, four years. And uh, I think it's about time, this might be a good time to really try and kind of take a look at that, making sure that before we put something up to the voter and run the risk of not having it passed, that we've taken a look at uh, uh, all, any and all potential revenue sources that we can get behind. Yes, we have an economic development section to the master plan. It's a required section. You know, the master plans per state requirements are required to have certain categories um, and economic development is one of them. Um, and so I think if we kind of look at that again, I mean, I, I guess what I was doing is jumping ahead a little bit thinking about that for a future update because that's something that um, obviously um, there has been new development since the plan was written and we could take a look at what that's meant for revenue and what new development that's been on the books, if you will, like the 40 Bs are gonna mean for economic development, but they're also going to have um, obviously an impact on um, whether we need to upgrade any services. So um, uh, I think a at least a, a review again of those that portion of the plan um, would guide us to think about how it might want to be updated uh, in the future. I really think in terms of um, 
the future, also we need to think about um, housing, just because of um, housing affordability. Um, and uh, housing stock, the type of housing stock we have um, in light of what the state's uh, mandates are. Um, but I think uh, my suggestion might be that we talk about each of these at least of like where we are, like so, so we, we did an overview of every single strategy, but if we now go back to a topic and we spend a little time on those topics, we can decide what we're going to do and then we're going to decide. I think it's clear in my mind and from hearing some of you tonight, it's pretty clear sustainability in the master plan is going to need some work going forward. Um, and so, um, I don't think there's a lot in the plan that we can say, yeah, let's get, let's follow up on that particular strategy immediately. But I, I think um, if we decide that the plan should be updated because it's missing components like that sooner than the end of his 10 year life, I think we can. We don't have to wait until 10 year, 10 year mark if it's, if it's missing something important. Roxanne? Uh, thank you. I had a couple of um, last, well, comments actually. Mm -hmm. So um, one thing that came up when I was doing some of this research for this was about the preservation of documents. And I was going to try to look into that a little more. Okay. I was up at the fire station not too long ago and they were talking about, they have documents from like the 1800s and things like that. So, you know, it would be good if we could figure out a way to preserve some of those documents. We were talking, I was talking with the fire chief about it a little bit. We were talking about, would it be the library? Could they, um, store them at the fire station on the old part of the building that isn't getting a full rehab. Like where could we store these documents? How could we preserve them? Um, Cause some of these things can't just can't be scanned and they're really cool cause they're very old documents. And so you don't want to lose that history. So I think or with a library, even if it's placed there. So I, I, I think we have to investigate that a little bit more and I'll try to look into that a little bit more as well. But I think that's- so, um, on that one, if you don't mind, I think the Forbes House Museum hired an archivist, or maybe they were able to get a grant to have a donation of an archivist who kind of advised them on um, doc, historic documents there. That might be something that at first is just to uh, like categorize the documents that the town has. Some might end up wanting to be, you know, treated differently than others based on their age or significance or something like that. So sort of getting an inventory of it might be a good first starting point. Um, and Heidi Vaughn's the executive director there, maybe a conversation with her could be helpful. Yeah, I had brought this up with um, Sue Galvin at one point, and she had mm -hmm. said that m many years ago, she had actually gotten some quotes from some specific agencies or whatever that do this type of work. So I might try to circle back to her as well on that and just to okay. find out a little bit more. Um, and so I think that's interesting. I think the, um, the parking study that we're doing with regards to the town center, because that involves a lot with the use of the town buildings, as well as the parking study over there for the library, which offers a lot of programming. So mm -hmm. I'd like to see what comes of that. And I know that there was something that we talked about with food and the food insecurities. I know the health department's doing something with that grant, but I know many years ago it was very 
um, as one of the original people that dealt with the outdoor classrooms at all the schools and helped find found them. I don't know what's going on in terms of the schools with that now, but um, that would be a great opportunity for there was curriculum for all of that and so forth for the kids to do growing of vegetables and things like that. And, you know, they could donate some to the food pantry and things like that. So I think there's a lot of unique, interesting things that could be do be done on that aspect as well. So there, I think it's interesting too, because we have the um, uh, farmer's market and mm -hmm. we have Brooklyn Farm, which makes donations, you know, like, right. like I did a donation from there for a family for Thanksgiving, for example. But, you know, you can do um, uh, in zoning too, like Josh, you know, some communities now are working into their um, zoning, like local food production. So like it even could be something like um, in the open space planning, like um, uh, community gardens, like there's one in at, near Cunningham Park, but you know, maybe one on the Western side of Milton um, could be beneficial. So, um, I mean, I, I don't recall who were the leads were on those and what kind of actionable items that we could assist with. But if you wanna look into and think about the, that I think the parking at town center was certainly underway. We get the consultants and we have the, um, the planning department and the other town departments working on that. And I think, you know, we certainly would keep the gas pedal on that with them. Uh, so that we can see some progress for the library. I think that would be great. Um, anything else? All right, so I would um, suggest we're going to, at our January meeting, um, discuss the, the letter for the bike ped master plan. And then I think we could pick two of these topics, perhaps, to talk about in a little more detail. And um, I'm gonna suggest that we just take it from the top and do the sustainability and the inclusivity a bit. Um, and if everybody could just spend a little bit of time focused on the reviewing those strategies that are in the plan that relate to those two topics. So when I, it's more than the spreadsheet, it's going back to the plan, the actual plan, looking at the specifics, looking at maybe what some of the community comments were at the time. So it's not just volume one, but going back and looking at the other volumes. Um, and just uh, because when you, like the spreadsheet, like when I've gone back and forth, there's a lot more information actually in the plan that that's summarized in a very short bit in our spreadsheet. So if we can, um, if we can do that uh, for our next meeting, and then we'll pick up with um, some of these other topics at uh, our February meeting. Does that make sense? Yes. And then I'd say coming out of that, out of our February meeting, hopefully we'll have a pretty good sense of what we think we can get done in the next bit of time. And then we can decide whether we think um, the plans right for an update and whether we think it's at the 10 year mark or something uh, before that. But 
um, I think we still have to do a bit more work before we make that decision. Does that make sense also? Yes. Yes. Sure. All right, then um, we're going to have this be a wrap for 2022 of the MPIC. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, before we take a motion to adjourn, I wish you all uh, happy holidays and, uh, and healthy holidays. So with that, I'll take a motion to adjourn. I'll make a motion to adjourn. Second. All those in favor, Warren. Aye. Dick. Aye. Tabor. Aye. Roxanne. Yes. Elaine. Yes. Regina. Yes. And Cheryl. Yes. Thank you all. Happy New Year. Bye. Happy New Year, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.